The last thing each day is to set an alarm for the first thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on 760 WJR. Good news for those of you who can't get enough Renee Vitale during the week. <laughs> I mean, who really can? <laughs> You're uh, you got a little uh, special guest hosting appearance this weekend, don't you? Yeah, Cam and I are going to be on filling in for Jim Harper this weekend, uh, Saturday from eight to ten. You guys should have those giant, uh, like glasses of wine, like Kathy Lee and Hoda. I think that would be a wild time. Who says we're not? <laughs> okay, good, good. You're way ahead of me. Okay. I know well, that you we're, know what? we're going to be lo- uh, interviewing a local winery. So funny oh. you should say that. Well, that's that's show research. L- l- listen to me. I don't need to tell you. You are a world class broadcaster. You you've already thought of everything. <laughs> no, actually, Dave Rieger was like, "This seems to make sense for you too." So we're going to do this. <laughs> Dave's like, Dave's like, with the two of you, I may need some wine afterwards. We did a, a show meeting, a prep meeting yesterday, Ooh, and he's like, "Very official, ladies, please. We need to get through this meeting, please, please." <laughs> Well, I'll pray for Dave. Yeah, uh, sh- as you but, should. Oh my God, pray for me too. I'll be here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow. We've got Jason. He's going to be taking care of us as well. Or, oh, or I'll be on the floor, passed out because too much wine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, we... it sounds like a party. Yeah, it I should be come a good up time. It, yeah, I'd come up, but what, what times? It's eight to ten. Yep, Saturday morning. Which, which I, I would like to think I'd be sleeping in by then, but you know what? Uh, on this schedule. You know, this is as well as I do, Renee and Jason, that that sleeping in is is like 6 a.m. If yes. you get to 6 a.m. on the weekend. So I'll be up. I'll come. I'll, I'll come up. I'll bring the uh, I'll bring the cheese, none of which I can eat because I'm lactose intolerant. But that's me being a team player. I'd say bring nuts, but you can't have those either. <laughs> cheese, right. no charcuterie for you. My di- living with my digestive system is a living hell. Well, <laughs> that will be. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. You, and, you and Cam Carmen, uh, a couple of fabulous broads in the morning <laughs> on Saturday. It'll be a lot of fun. I actually, yeah. uh, I, I'll actually run some errands so that I can listen to you guys while I'm in well, the thanks, car. Well, thanks, buddy. You got it, dude. All right. On to more serious things. We're getting more details on the death of Jewish leader Samantha Wall and the investigation that brought murder and home invasion charges to a Detroit man, Michael Jackson Bolanos. Prosecutors revealed that 40-year-old Wall was stabbed eight times. She was found outside her apartment with the door to her apartment open. Significant amount of blood inside and a trail of blood leading to her body. Bolanos was seen breaking into cars in the area. He has a lengthy rap sheet and has spent time in prison. He's also facing other charges for lying to police uh, about breaking into cars the night of the murder. Uh, Two days after, this is an interesting twist, two days after that murder, uh, Attorney General Dan and Nessel's office sent two detectives to assist Detroit police, Michigan State Police and the FBI with the investigation. And those two detectives were actually dismissed by the Detroit Police Department, huh. saying that there's been too many leaks to the media, although um, those two were brought back into the fold about two weeks ago. I got to say, Renee, I don't really remember there being any leaks to no, the media. I felt that they were pretty tight lipped about this whole situation. Right, which which is obviously understandable. The sure. the most important thing is maintaining the integrity of the uh, investigation. The only thing I can think about is maybe the fact that the first suspect was brought into custody about a month ago. The guy who knew Wall and and he was actually released. Maybe that was a leak. But like you said, other than that, 
I don't think we I didn't feel like we heard a whole lot no. of, of information coming out until they actually brought Bolanos in on Sunday. In fact, I, I appreciated how little we knew about it. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, as a member of the public and, and a member of the uh, the media, it's it, it was a little frustrating getting no updates. But of course, you understood why. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I'm, uh, the bottom line is someone was brought into custody. It looks like they got the right guy. I guess they found some of her blood on his jacket. Which he left but, at uh, his girlfriend's house. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that part. This yep. th- this story is just getting getting weirder and weirder. Yeah. And uh, like I said, hopefully it brings some, uh, you know, some closure and some healing uh, to for her friend's family and the Jewish community. Uh, now, Russian Vladimir, uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin, he said yesterday in a talk uh, with it, it was like a three hour Q&A with reporters in Russia it was really weird. He says that uh, Russia is in talks with the United States to free Novi man Paul Whelan and that Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovitz. Um, last week, U.S. officials said that Russia had actually rejected a substantial offer for the two detained Americans, followed by a strongly worded statement from Paul Whelan voicing his frustration over not being freed, despite being promised that bringing home was a pri- uh, was a priority. And I mean, good, I guess, if if you trust Vladimir Putin. But, uh, you know, anytime Putin speaks, you're wondering, A, is this is this genuine? And B, what kind of game is he playing here? Well, it's interesting because the U.S. said that the State Department said that the U.S. put multiple offers on the table, including right. a significant offer that they made a few weeks ago and Russia rejected it. So who's who's telling the truth here? Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I'm I'm skeptical of our own government, but I would trust our own government, obviously, over anything Vladimir Putin says. Right, right. I hope I'm wrong because we've been following the plate of Paul Whelan uh, for five years now. Mm-hmm. We've talked to his brother, David Whelan, who's been a, a, a great champion and advocate for him. And every time you hear of an American being released from Russian prison, you're obviously happy for that person and that person's family. But your heart breaks a little bit for the Whelan family. I mean, Paul Whelan's. Uh, he said in his letter, his parents are getting up there. He has given up hope of seeing them alive. He's almost given up hope of, of seeing himself outside of the Russian prison alive. Sure. So, sure. so hope. And his mean, mind, hope, he said his goodbyes to his parents. And that's awful. It, it really is. And then, I mean, you think about it. I think he's in his 50s or early 60s. Uh, imagine losing five years of your life. He's in his early 50s. He's he's in his early 50s, so he's lost a lot of good years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, once you're back home, how do you assimilate? How do you how do you c- come back and um, live a normal life? Right. So hopefully hopefully this 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 happens very, very soon. And we're all surprised. Uh, tragic, uh, tragic news about a local Marine. Uh, Marie, I mean, Renee. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go by Marie. I love her. Uh, the yeah. Marine Corps has identified the Marine who died in a rollover crash during a training exercise on Camp Pendleton Tuesday evening. Sergeant Matthew K. Bilski was the Marine who was killed. According to the 15th Marine Expeditionary Unit, Bilski was originally from Royal Oak and he joined the Marie Corps. Marine. Now you got me saying Marie. Uh, I, Marine you know, Corps. that's why I said Marie, because I was reading Marine. Yeah. Uh, the Marine Corps in January 2019. 
Bilski was trained as an amphibious combat vehicle crewman assigned to the 15th MEU Battalion Landing Team. He served as a vehicle commander. The 15th MEU's commanding officer said that the unit is mourning the model Marine's death. 14 other Marines were in the amphibious vehicle when it rolled over while making a ground movement during the training. One Marine is in good condition at the hospital while the others were treated and released. And it sounds like this guy was just unbelievable in what he did. You couldn't have asked for a, a better model uh, uh, um Soldier. Soldier, thank you. And he was just incredible at everything he did, and it was a huge loss. Uh, so. Well, and, yeah, and, you know, you, you, you worry about our service members dying in combat. You worry about them dying overseas. You don't worry about them dying during a training exercise here at home. So um, any loss of, of any young life, especially those brave enough to serve in our military is tragic, but this one uh, tragic and shocking because those are just not circumstances that, that you normally associate with the death of someone in the military. Um, Governor Whitmer, she announced yesterday that 700,000 households will receive a check of about $550. Now these checks, they're a result of a law that was signed in March designed to boost tax credits for working families in Michigan to help directly benefit, as she says, quote, half the children in Michigan and moms and dads can use this extra money to pay bills and put food on the table and buy school supplies. The amount will be determined based on household income. And the number of children they have, uh, which I guess leaves me ineligible. Don't put it in the news unless I'm getting money, dang it. (laughs) Right. Mike doesn't care unless he's better. Mike, we got to go out uh, and we we need to ask some friends if we can borrow their children. Yeah, is there anyone that. that way. Yeah, I was going to say, if you got two or three kids, just, uh, you know, let Jason and I uh, babysit for a couple of months until we get those checks. Sounds like a terrible 90s movie. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Starring Steve Gutenberg and Paul Ryder. Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, I mean, because I definitely am one of the top 700,000 poorest people in Michigan. So definitely, (laughs) you know, if we're going by that, I'd be getting one of these rebates. Shouldn't radio people just get it automatically? (laughs) Mike, you have a, you have a dog. That's your child. That, that counts. Put put some adult clothes on it. (laughs) That's true. I mean, uh, Renee claims her two pugs on her taxes. Carl and Daryl, they have human names. Yeah. All right. We got to take a quick break. I got to get some coffee because this is the second time I've called Renee Marie today. And I don't know why. <laughs> is it because we're both Italian and sassy? <laughs> I, I guess every Italian woman to me is is Marie. <laughs> All right. We got to take a quick break. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee by Tally WJR. So, Renee, you've come across a poll. Yes. That. Uh, it, it's it's actually a trend that we've been seeing, I think, more and more frequently uh, as we get closer to the election. Yeah, it's the presidential election that no one is really jazzed about. <laughs> <laughs> Relatively few Americans are excited about a potential rematch of the 2020 election between President Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Although more Republicans would be satisfied to have Trump as their nominee than Democrats would be with Biden as their standard bearer, according to a new poll from the Associated Press. So that comes even as both Biden and Trump are facing relatively few obstacles in their paths to lock down their respective parties' nominations next year. 
So looking at U.S. adults broadly, setting aside party affiliations, there's still not much enthusiasm for a Biden-Trump rematch. Most U.S. adults overall, 56%, would be very somewhat dissatisfied with Biden as a Democratic presidential nominee in 2024. uh, And a similar majority, 58 percent, would be very or somewhat dissatisfied with Trump as the GOP's pick. Nearly three in 10 U.S. adults or 28 percent said that they would be dissatisfied with both Trump and Biden becoming their party's respective nominees with independents, 43 percent, being more likely than Democrats, 28 percent, or Republicans, 20 percent, to to express their displeasure, uh, displeasure with both men gaining party nominations. Yeah, and I I feel like we've been hearing this sentiment uh, going back to, to, to almost a year ago. And it always seems like the two people that everyone wants to run the least end up being the nominees. I remember yeah. back in 2016, everyone said, I don't care who's president as long as it's not Trump or Hillary. And, right. and who were the two nominees? And there we were. Yeah, so this feels like deja vu, literally. And it does seem like, well, I guess enthusiasm for Donald Trump hasn't really waned um, among his base. But it seems like more people are, are, are becoming more and more okay with him being president again than Joe Biden um, remaining president. I Joe Biden has, has really fallen off lately. Um, you know, I know that uh, what's happening over in Israel and, and Gaza mm-hmm. uh, has really um, chipped away at his base. And I think people are just losing confidence in him. His and age. I would not. Right. And, and he doesn't really seem with it. And, you know, a few months ago, if you were to tell me Joe Biden was not going to be the Democrat nominee for president, I would not have believed you. But now I think it's very, very possible. Right. Um. So we all know that Ozempic, what is it, Wagovi, what, mm-hmm. what's the other uh, weight loss drug people are using that was supposed to be for diabetes, but people are using it for. Uh, those are uh, the two hitters loss. that I know about. Well, it turns out poison control centers are seeing a 1,500% increase (sighs) in calls to their call centers due to people overdosing on these weight loss drugs. Between January and November of this year, there were uh, close to 3,000 calls to poison control centers involving the drug semaglutide, which is the generic part of Ozempic or um, Wigovi. Now, Ozempic itself, the brand name, it comes in those tubes that look like EpiPens. Yeah, they're injectables. Yeah. And you just, you know, so people can, and those things are violent. I take one of those for my, for my allergies Mm -hmm. and, and and the needle literally punches through your skin. It's the most violent thing. Uh, I I, I know it's, it's punishing me. It's punishing me for messing up your name that first segment. Wait a minute. Hold on, Um, Renee. Do that again. That's going to be a drop we're going to use on the great Michigan weekend tomorrow. Huzzah. Huzzah. Yeah. (laughs) Hold on. I'll be quiet. Go ahead. Huzzah. There you go, Jace. Hope you got a clean one. Um, so anyway, it comes in those EpiPens, and you start with a low dose, and you work your way up as your body adjusts, and then you control the dose with a little uh, dial on the on the injectable. You click well, sometimes, it up. Yeah, you click it up. Well, sometimes people dial up the wrong dose, or they don't know what they're doing, and they give themselves way too much. One person uh, called after they accidentally gave themselves a whole month dose at one time. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I know. And then there's the off-brand semaglutide that just comes in a large vial and the patient has to draw their own dosage. And obviously people are not doctors and they don't know what they're doing. So they don't give themselves. Reckless. I know. 
Uh, and luckily, I don't see reports of any deaths in this article. Uh, but, you, you know, Oprah, she's admitted that she's using these weight loss drugs to help her uh, with weight. Which but she won't admit to which one. I know. Isn't that weird? We were wondering about that yesterday. And you brought up a good point, Mike. You said that maybe she's striking a deal right now. And that's why yeah. she's being so mute about it. I mean, Oprah, Oprah did not become Oprah by not being a savvy businesswoman. Right. So maybe maybe she's one of these people now where she won't plug you unless you're unless you're paying her. Which makes sense. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, look, Oprah, she's she's going to be 70 next week. She still looks very young. Yep. Um, so, hey, I look, I can't be mad at Oprah. I've, I've been watching Oprah since her show was trashy before it became inspirational. <laughs> so I love the way she yells celebrities names. She's like Mike Parsons. It's first thing with Mike Parsons. <laughs> oh, more drops. Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can use that in the <laughs> open. Now, sitting in for Jay Harper. Red Eye Vitale. <laughs> there you go, Jace. I got that guy. I, I made your job easy for you there. Uh, and you know what? Again, I love I love Oprah's views on bread. So anyway, uh, <laughs> you you were telling me about this. There was some guy who got busted robbing a Coles, and he had a very interesting um, defense. I feel like if ever I committed a crime, this is how it would go down for me. <laughs> Uh, two men convicted of felony theft for stealing more than $2,000 worth of merchandise from a Parker Kohl's store argued in court for a lesser charge because the items were on sale and they had coupons. The two men were formally sentenced this month after being convicted of retail theft at the Kohl's store this year. The two men are dubbed as the KitchenAid Mixer Crew because of the high-end KitchenAid appliances. In addition to brand name shoes and clothing, that were stolen in the case. Uh, after the trial, the defense attorney suggested to a jury that their client should only face a lesser misdemeanor charge because of some of the items that they stole were being offered on sale. This was in Colorado. So theft under $2,000 is a misdemeanor offense. But the right. documented value of the items stolen was $2,094.98, making it a felony. The two men were asking the jury to take into account Cole's coupons and discounts <laughs> which would bring the theft case down to a misdemeanor. However, prosecutors argued that sales and discounts are for paying customers. <laughs> you know what? That's a gutsy defense. It and really it's, is. <laughs> it's not going to work, but I applaud the audacity. Um, we I had Kohl's cash, Your Honor. Right. <laughs> which, look, when uh, my wife takes me to Kohl's to get a new pair of slacks and she's just ringing up the Kohl's cash, I feel like we should be in jail. For, for larceny, <laughs> but it's all legit. My wife's love language is Cole's cash, by the way. If, I understand uh, fully. Well, I, 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 and maybe uh, you can confirm this, Renee. Mm -hmm. uh, if a woman spends her Cole's cash on you, that means she, she, she very much loves you very oh, much. Oh, she really, she really does love you. If you haven't put a ring on a woman who spends her Cole's cash on you, um, either either do it right away or or set her free cuz you don't deserve her. That's right. You do not deserve her. Right. I <laughs> I would be interested to hear how this ends though. I I I think I I I think it's it it's worth a shot, right? Like 
you said the the value, the pre-sale value of the these items were two thousand and ninety-four dollars. With the Coles cash, that might end up being like thirty bucks. Exactly. I, I mean, depending. <laughs> so hey. Eight for effort yeah. on that one. I know. You know, I, it's here's the thing. I love Coles. I don't want to see them robbed or or harmed in any way. I'm kind of rooting for these guys though. I, I am and too. I, I, I shouldn't be, but but I am kind of rooting <laughs> for them. Uh, so Elon Musk, the Elon, the year of Elon continues. He didn't make the uh, Time Magazine's Person of the Year finalist, but uh, he's surprise, been freaking surprise. everywhere. <laughs> he's been freaking everywhere. I mean, you can't get away from this guy. And, and to me, that's that that's the uh, criteria of Times Person of the Year. It should be Times Person you're sick of hearing from. Anyway, he plans to open up his own school in Austin, Texas. He is donated about $100 million to a charity that plans to launch a school for elementary through high school age children focusing on science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, or as we call it, STEM. Mm -hmm. Uh, Musk has voiced displeasure in the past about the diminishing skills of U.S. college graduates in past years. Uh, By the way, the name of this charity is called The Foundation, which definitely (laughs) sounds like like, uh, some kind of like group of supervillains, doesn't it? It's such an Elon Musk sounding thing. The foundation is displeased with your insolence. Right. And, uh, need a yeah. more. Right. Well, yeah, that's right. You, you know, yeah. Elon Musk is a suit. He, he changed Twitter to X. He put that giant X on top of that building in San Francisco, which definitely makes it look like a super villains lair now. And now he has started the foundation. Um, but this might be necessary, Renee, because uh, the other day, I don't think we got to the story, but what, what was it? Two million Teslas have been recalled due to autopilot error. Right. So may, maybe some retrain. So either some retraining is is in order or maybe this isn't the guy to retrain people. But um, at, at first, this sounded this gave me like strong Trump University vibes. But. I actually think, and you and I were talking about this, this could actually be a good good idea because all I've heard my whole life is that China and Japan, they're passing us up when it comes to uh, technological skills. So maybe this might help. And you know what? It, it sounds like he's taking the right approach on this one. Yeah. yeah right, exactly. I mean, he sees, he sees a shortfall. He sees a need. He's trying to fill it. That's what businessmen do. This is probably more closer to like Kettering, which is a school that's that's essentially exists to to serve and train people for the big three. Right. And, you know, even if these kids, they don't go on to work at Tesla or SpaceX, maybe they'll gain some some skills to do well at other tech company. You know, jokes aside, this this has promise and it, it could actually help uh, fill fill a bunch of skills gaps. And I appreciate anyone that's willing to invest in that type of education. Yeah. And I mean, look, Tesla has taken a hit. SpaceX, uh, you know, they're they're hit or miss when it comes to their launches. But, you know, and, and Elon Musk has been really annoying lately. But but we do need people like him right. who, who kind of are visionaries that look for for solutions. All right. Uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back to get you ready for JR Morning. It's first thing. Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. And this is the time of the morning that we like to bring in Guy Gordon, Lloyd Jackson, Jamie Edmonds from JR Morning. Morning, crew. Morning. So, you know, yesterday, Vladimir Putin, he had this 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 marathon session with reporters. Um, 
you know, spinning the, everything from from the war against Ukraine uh, to hostage or uh, prisoner releases, uh, giving his side of the story and his own propaganda spin. And because I think, he loves the media and he wants to be transparent. And that's why right. he puts them in gulags. <laughs> yes. The but, transparent leader. Yeah. Yes. The, the arrests will continue until morale improves. <laughs> uh, but. I think here locally, the big surprise that came out of it is is him saying that the United States and Russia are still in talks to free Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovitz and, of course, local man Paul Whelan, who we've been following for five years, who was detained in Russia, has been in a Russian prison since. Um, it was especially surprising because last week uh, the State Department came out and said that they've made significant offers to bring both Paul Whelan and Gershkovitz home, and Russia has rejected them both. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how much stock, if anything, we put into what Vladimir Putin said yesterday in his, his three-hour Q and A session. Why, why do reporters even show up and go through his charade? Probably because they'll be killed if they don't. Well, well I, you know, a lot of them are foreign reporters, and maybe they don't want to like Paul Whelan. I, I, I don't know, but I mean, it's it was just such a such a bogus, uh, fraudulent exercise. And no, there, there, there has, yeah, I think it was either Jake Sullivan or Anthony Blinken that said, yeah, we've had three legitimate offers, and we heard nothing back from the Russians on any of them. So he, it's it's nuts. I don't think yeah, you can it, totally ignore him, though. You got to go to these and make sure you hear everything he has to say. You know. Well, but it's more of a can you believe what he said this time? Exactly. Kind of reporting, and I, I guess there's some value in that. You're right. Yeah, and I mean, you kind of have to wonder what his intentions were for for having this thing in the first place. Um, I, I don't think that he's had one in a number of years, at least since the war with the Ukraine started, which which he started. Um, and he invited, uh, like you said, Guy, he invited foreign journalists. I believe that he invite, invited some American journalists. So was was he there just trying to spread his propaganda message and, and part of the misinformation campaign? Um, or was he genuinely trying to give information, which I, I can't get through that sentence without laughing? Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I'll believe so, it when I see it, right? Anything that he does is a propaganda exercise. Yeah. And, you know, you, you're you hoping so badly for the Wayland family that Paul can finally come home, especially after that heartbreaking letter that he released last week about how he has given up hope of not only ever seeing his parents again, but ever getting out. And every time someone leapfrogs him, um, you know, to freedom, you're happy for that person, but but your heart breaks for for Paul Whelan and his family. Yeah. Um. So big game tomorrow uh, at Ford Field, Lions Broncos. Do we think we we think Lions get it back on track? It's going to be tough. The Broncos are sort of riding a wave of their own right now, so I think it'll be a great game. But I think the yeah. Lions should win. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I can't go into the new year without hearing Lloyd sing the fight song. Well, Forward sorry. down the field. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, we so, got to earn it. We got to earn I, it. You know how sometimes um, the best man will put a message on the back of a groom at, at, at a wedding or maybe on yes. the bottoms of his shoes when he kneels at the altar. 
Um, I have, I'm going to be at a wedding Saturday night during the Lions game. I've asked the best man if he could just post the Lions score on the backside of the groom. Is that, is, would, would, that be, would that be considered irreverent or maybe well, inappropriate? Maybe at least have a, maybe, a TV up at the bar. Yeah, if you're going to have a wedding say. in the middle of the Lions-Broncos game, just, just you know, have the priest give us an update every now and then. Right. Project the game on the back. All right, got to go. J.R. Morning coming up next. We're getting mixed messages over the status of talks to free Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovitz and local man Paul Whalen from Russian prison. The United States said that offers for a swap were rejected by Moscow, and Putin said just yesterday the two countries are still in talks. Paul's brother David has been his voice here in the United States since he was detained and talks to Chris Renwick on JR Afternoon. So if there's anything we know about Vladimir Putin, he's a pretty secretive guy. Very rarely does he tip a, a hand or weigh in on generally controversial issues in in Russia. But he did so when he was asked about Paul Whelan and Evan Gershkovitz, saying that we want to reach an agreement, and these agreements must be mutually acceptable and must suit both parties, which isn't necessarily a surprise. When you have somebody convicted in your country, uh, at least here in the United States, if you've gone through the proper channels and and prosecuted somebody, we think that you did something wrong. Now, mistakes are made, but we think you did something wrong. Very rarely do we say, well, but, you know, anything can happen. (laughs) So it, it is strange to me the way that was phrased. And look, we've heard Dmitry Peskov, the, the Kremlin spokesperson, and, and he has said many of the, the same issues, that talks are ongoing and they would be they would be open to a prisoner swap. But very rarely do we hear Vladimir Putin weigh in on important issues like this one. David Whelan's the brother of Paul Whelan and joins us. David, it's good to have you back. Thanks, Chris. It's good to be here. Was it was it as shocking to you as it was to maybe some of us that Vladimir Putin weighed in on Paul's situation? A little bit. Uh, he was doing his uh, what used to be an annual uh, phone uh, call in sort of program, um, and he hasn't done it in a while because things haven't been going so great in his country. Uh, but he was doing it last night, and it's always a little bit of a mixed bag. I mean, because you've got citizens from all over the country calling in about, you know, the local gymnasium is broken and things like that. So I was, I mean, you never know what's going to be asked. So I was surprised that Paul, uh, Paul's freedom was uh, one of the questions that anybody was able to ask. How, how, um, how important do you think this is for, for, for your brother and, and his mental state? We We know that he's been critical of of the white house uh here here recently um hoping that maybe he would have been been traded for uh by now um how do you think your brother is doing what what are you hearing from from your parents in those conversations with him oh his morale is very low i think that, that uh we all were hoping that um an exchange would happen we know that the us government has been really doing what they can um, and, and so, it, you know, in a way, it was funny to hear Vladimir Putin say what he did, because although they're open to it, which, of course, they would be open to it, because that's the whole point of taking hostages in the first place, um, an offer that the U.S. government made to them last year for Paul 
the Russians just sort of ignored. They never responded to. So in a way, it was almost good to get a response from the, the Russians, even though they rejected a second offer this year for Paul, um, because at least we know then you know that they are engaged and, and they may be considering things. And of course, with a rejection, then the U.S. government knows what not to offer the next time. Is that where you think that the comments of, you know, we we're speaking the same language and, and we have to make sure that a deal fits the Russian side? Is that where you think that comes from? Oh, for sure. Yeah. The uh, the Russian government is all about things being equal. And, uh, you know, if, if you push them, they're going to push you back. And um, I think that there's a huge amount of face that he could lose if there was a feeling that he um, let American citizens go, which are probably his most valuable hostages and uh, and didn't get something valuable in return. And I think that the, the challenge really is, that, you know, how to satisfy both President Putin and, and the person that he has identified in his uh, in the Kremlin who is handling these exchange discussions, two of which, of course, were successful with um, Trevor Reed and Brittany Griner, and at least two or three offers have been made that weren't weren't successful. So, um, you know, there have been these discussions for since 2021. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, they just haven't led to uh, Paul's freedom yet. Is there a sense that where they are on on these negotiations, where um, what pieces may be up? Is, is there any sense from your family that you're getting that that uh, obviously this is still ongoing uh, and it is top of mind for them? But is there is there any sense where they're at with this? There isn't. I think one of the really remarkable things um, is that people from the State Department speak to Paul as often as they can. Um, and whether it's uh, people speaking sort of through the U.S. Embassy or calling him directly at, at the prison in Mordovia, they try to keep him as up to date as they can because they know that it eats away at his morale to, to only be hearing the Russian side of all of these stories. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, so, you know, we've been really thankful that they've been as clear as they can with him and with us about uh, what they can share and what they can't. But really, I think John Kirby said it best. He's the uh, spokesperson for the National Security Council, and he was uh, on a, uh, a plane over the last weekend, I think it was. And uh, he said, you know, we're really back to the blackboard at coming up, you know, what's the next concession we can make in order to bring Paul and bring Mr. Gershkovich home. And, and I think that that's where they are right now. It's, it's essentially they're back at square one. How How big of an impact or factor do you believe the United States' role with Ukraine and, and their willingness to uh, supply money for munitions, for, uh, for weapons to use against Russian soldiers in that conflict in, in Ukraine. How, how big of an impact do you think those moves by the United States, certainly the sanctions, are uh, in these negotiations for your brother? Probably not very significant at all. I think that the... Uh, the Kremlin, the Russian government, is a very complicated criminal uh, organization, and so they are used to running a lot of scams and a lot of you know things going on at the same time. And so I don't know that they would necessarily view Paul's being held hostage um, as being related to anything else. Um, and so th they will be happy to make a deal for Paul so long as whatever they get in exchange for Paul is valuable to them. Um, and, and regardless of whether they're at war with somebody or at war with somebody's ally, I don't think any of that makes a difference. And uh, in uh, other parts of the country, seven people have been arrested for plotting a terrorist attack against several Jewish targets in Western European countries in connection with the war in Gaza between Israel and Hamas. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, he met with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu trying to pin him down on a timeline 
for the ground operation in Gaza, suggesting they scale it down in the next few weeks and transition to more targeted airstrikes in the coming months. It's first thing.